Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show. And a moral lesson is told at the end of each episode. One notable episode is one called The Price, in which a boy buys a drug called Spin. He was smoking that Spin. It's Wes. Becomes addicted to it. And dies of an overdose. We need oh, no. more cartoons like that these days for these badass. And Walker. Will these kids die of drugs? Yes, yeah, so they Sounds can learn their physical. lesson and know not to do it. If somebody fictional dies, they'll learn not to do it in okay. non-fiction. You know what I'm saying? And for that it. reason, mm-hmm. Marshall Bravestar, Tex-Tex, New Texas is straight. Fire! I had to ask the figure Bravestar, but my mom wouldn't let me get Tex-Hex. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Oh, come on, Mom. Why didn't you do that? You said it was too demonic. Well, maybe it's because a kid died of drugs. On the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It is an NFL Super Wild Card Saturday. But there's always college basketball, always college football news going down. So let's get right to it. It is time for the Campus Kona. Oh, okay, there we go. We got the basketball music. All right, but we're going to start out with a little bit of football news, the latest in the Alabama coaching search Latest from the team at ESPN, Washington coach Kalen DeBoer is the focus of Alabama. Search now. This was dropped by Pete Thamel two minutes ago. So this is the latest, latest, latest with some clarity expected in the near future because Mike Norvell has just signed an extension with the Florida State program. He will average $10 million a year for the next eight seasons, as is Steve Sarkeesian. So those are two more prospects that will be out on the Alabama job, Clemson fans, are you getting nervous? I'm not really nervous right now because I think it's going to be DeBoer. If I read the tea leaves correctly, I think it's probably going to be him. But if they strike out on him, then I think it might be spooky hours in Clemson. Yeah, it's going to be tough to try to figure out now if you kind of how many coaching candidates would you have uh, striked out on? I mean, struck out on, I should say. I I can speak English sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, how many guys would you not be able to land that you initially wanted to? So that would be interesting. And I think it goes to show you, man, like, look, we talked about the best jobs in college football yesterday, right? Why is Dan Lanning deciding not to come to Alabama when he has that opportunity? Because he wants to stick with Oregon, where you see Oregon churn out a bunch of coaches that eventually use that as kind of a stepping stool, where it be Mario Cristobal using that to go to Miami, whether it be a Chip Kelly going back a little bit further, using that to go to the NFL. I mean, we've had a lot of history now with Oregon producing really solid coaches, them using the Ducks program to go somewhere else, and also you can see them get to a championship game a couple of different times. Now, they didn't win it, but they at least have the opportunity. Oregon's a good job. And Dan Lanning is like, hey, I might as well just stay here and continue to rake in on the cash and not have the expectations that come with taking that Alabama job. And now you have other guys that might be turning down the roll tide job because of everybody that is crazy in Tuscaloosa expecting you to win a championship. We'll see if DeBoer is that guy. But if they strike out on him, you're right. I mean, you're starting to go to what? Playing 
D, E, F if you're Alabama and you're striking out on the first four options? Yeah, because we know the the Bear Bryant and the Gene Stallings years, but since 1990, before Nick Saban got there, they had seven double-digit win seasons. So it was a program that when they had the experience and the guys to be able to get double-digit wins, they did, but it's not nearly the just wild success they had under Nick Saban. Fiddy, do you have thoughts on this Bama coaching search and why they haven't found that guy yet, or do you think DeBoer is going to be the guy? Yeah, I I, I don't know if he's going to be the guy. I mean, if, they, if everyone keeps telling them no, I know that he, he might really rise up the ladder. It makes sense, right? Like, because imagine on the basketball side of things, if, if Carolina and Duke wouldn't have uh, kept their, how, their, their hires in-house. You're following legends. And you, it, as great as a job as it is, it's also a job that if you don't win, you don't succeed. You get fired very quickly. And so there's pressure there um, where most of these coaches, outside of maybe Dabo at Clemson, none of these coaches have ever coached in a pressure-packed situation like Alabama uh, is going to be for them. And with DeBoer, like, I know he's coming off two good years at Washington. And I know his track record speaks to winning, but I wonder how that would go over in Tuscaloosa, hiring a guy from the West Coast that's, ne- that's never won a national championship but did take a team to a national championship game. Like, I feel like they want to get someone sexy, but all the sexy guys – well, they're kind of taken already. Well, from a lot of the fans and what I've seen and what I've heard from some analysts, a lot of them are in on DeBoer. They think yeah. that he is uh, going to be a home run hire for them if they're able to get him. And a lot of the Alabama fans are, too. A lot of them are out on Dabo Sweeney being the coach as far as Alabama fans are concerned. They don't oh, yeah. want that at all. But they are they seem to be pretty receptive to DeBoer being a coach. Well, I mean, you're talking about an impressive just two-year run at Washington. And think about all the talent that he gets in Washington. You're talking about wide receivers that are going to be projected first-round picks. You're going with Michael Penix, who didn't win the Heisman, but had a phenomenal year and was in the Heisman running. In two years' time, you only lose three games combined. One of them was in the championship game. So you're not only showing that you can get talent, whether you're recruiting it, but you can get it in the transfer portal, which matters quite a bit. And also you're developing the talent that you get, whether it be in high school or through the transfer portal. Yeah, I think DeBoer, even if it's not your first option, it's still a good one that Alabama would be able to land if they indeed do so. Well, last thing I'll say, too, is that I think a lot of these coaches, too, they know, as you said yesterday, the expectations are crazy. And this is the new SEC. This ain't your dad's SEC, okay? This is going to be stocked and loaded with big games every Every single weekend. Now, to go with the theme of the music that is playing college basketball this weekend in the ACC, North Carolina plays Syracuse. Tar Heels have won 16 of their 22 games against Cuse, including 12 of the last 14. They're in the middle of a five, or not in the middle, they're in the midst of a five-game win streak after they blasted NC State. They'll go to Cuse to take on Judah Mintz, which leads Syracuse 18 and a half points per game. J.J. Starlin, Chris Chris Bell, and Malik Brown all average double figures. But after those guys, only two more players average five points per game. So not a lot of depth there for the Orange. They've scored 80 points in five of their past seven games. Do we think that Syracuse offers any resistance to the red hot Tar Heels. What you think, Fiddy? You think uh, the Tar Heels are in danger this weekend? I would say no because in their two ACC road losses, Syracuse lost by 22 at Virginia and 20 at Duke. And I think Carolina clearly better than Virginia as of this moment. And I think right now they're better than Duke. And also Carolina hasn't been at home 
you know, since December 29th, and this is their second home game since December 4th. I think you'll be playing in front of an inspired crowd that's ready to cheer on a top 10 team. They're ready to be back at home and start playing better. So I think it'll be a game in the first half, but by the, we get to the middle part of the second half, that team that's ranked number seven in the country will look the part. Syracuse is a team that is probably beating all of the teams they're supposed to and losing to all of the teams they're supposed to. I expect that trend to continue against North Carolina. They're they lost. feel they, they feel a lot like Hubert Davis's first team at Carolina where they're winning the games they're supposed to. When they go on the road, they get blown out. Yeah. They're going to need a win like this to really build an NCAA tournament resume. So two losses at the beginning of the season, seventh-ranked Tennessee, 11th-ranked Gonzaga at the time. A loss on the road to Virginia where they get blown out by 20. Usually if the Cavaliers lose, they're getting beat by 20. It was the opposite there. And then they lose to Duke on the road by 20. And so I expect maybe not a blowout. Syracuse, I like Judah Mintz enough to give them a little bit of leeway here. Punch that they don't. Yeah, but I expect North Carolina to win and probably by double digits. All right. Well, the Blue Devils will be looking for some get back this weekend since they lost to Georgia Tech, a loss that had everybody scratching their heads. They've won seven straight games. They enter Saturday's game now 12-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in ACC play. Georgia Tech has lost three straight ACC games coming into this game, including losing Tuesday by 7 to Notre Dame. Do we feel like Duke could be on upset alert this weekend? No, I don't think so. Remember, Proctor goes out early in that game. He played just a few seconds and then immediately goes out with injury in the game that Duke lost, 72-68 to against the Yellow Jackets. Filipowski's really starting to come into his own again. So I think Filipowski playing at a lot better level. You also have McCain playing very well. I know we talked about him possibly being the X factor. Yes. And the bench is going off, and they're only a little more experienced now compared to that Georgia Tech game. I don't think that the Yellow Jackets win this one. All right, well, my Demon Deacons will take on Virginia. Offensively, Wake is the only school in Division One to have three players averaging 16.9 points per game or more on the season. And they will also, are, they're fourth in the league and 50th in the country in field goal percentage, shooting 47.7% from the field. Overall, Duke, not Duke, the Demon Deacons are fifth in the league in scoring margin, beating teams by an average of 11.1 points. Virginia has won 10 of its last 11 games against Wake Forest, has a five-game road winning streak in the season. And you know in the series, that is, UVA ranks first nationally in turnovers per game. They're second in scoring defense. You would expect that from them. But offensively, they've struggled. Reese Beekman having a solid season. But the Virginia Cavaliers are not the Virginia Cavaliers that we're used to. Does Wake get back? in the win column this weekend. Yeah, I think they do. I, You know, maybe it's just because of my preconceived notions about Virginia coming in that I give them a chance to. Plus, it's still Tony Bennett. Like, I don't think Virginia is talentless. I did think Virginia was going to have... Maybe I'll even say a lot. Like, I thought their start was going to be better than what it was. And if they did lose, even all of these games that they have, I certainly didn't expect them to lose consistently by 20 points with some of these L's that they're taking. Yeah, Wake Forest... I like Steve Forbes. Great offensive mind. I think they're a really talented basketball team. I think Wake Forest is too talented to lose two games in a row, especially to what I think are worst basketball teams this year. Yeah, I think the same thing. And I think if Wake is going to be the type of team that we're thinking they could be, this is the type of game that they have to win. But I do think Wake Forest uh, gets back in the win column. What say you, Joshua? Game in Charlottesville or is the game in? Game in Winston-Salem, baby. 
I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Wake Forest wins because the game's at home. I don't know. And you couldn't go on the road and beat Florida State. I don't think you go on the road and beat Virginia. But Virginia needs this game. And so I do think it's going to be a hard-pressed 40-minute battle for Wake Forest. And hopefully they rebound after letting me down the other night losing at Florida State. All right. Uh, Boston, <laughs> Boston College will take on Clemson. Clemson has lost three straight ACC games to Miami, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech. Boston College, man, they're feisty. Uh, I'm going to try to give Clemson a benefit of the doubt, man, but they are – I'm losing faith in them by the game. I'll go with Clemson. I expect them to get it better, but, you know, they're certainly disappointing right now. Yeah, I thought they would, but Virginia Tech put it on them. Fiddy, do they get back? Are any of y'all surprised at this Clemson three-game losing streak? Like, like, let's be honest. Like, I know they've got talent, but, like, this is Clemson basketball. They play well in November. They play well in December. They get into conference play, and they get beat more often than not. I think they win simply because they've got more dudes than Boston College has um, because all, all the Eagles have is Quentin Post. Walker Mail, your Charlotte 49ers will head down to San Antonio, Texas, the place where Charles Barkley said they're nothing but big women that eat too many churros down there. That's true. That Do they get a that. victory against Texas, <laughs> San Antonio? You think I'm going to go against them? I'm going with Charlotte once yeah. more. I think you would pick Charlotte against the um, Boston Celtics. I would. I have a lot That's of pride. I, like. I have I a like lot of 49er you, pride. No, they, they have two wins in a row. I think I, I really like the way that they responded after an emotional win. The fact that they get that win against FAU, winning by a bucket, you could see how emotional they were afterwards. I, they were really hyped up after that one. And so a lot of people were going against them because of that emotional win, but they win by almost double digits against Tulsa. I, so both those games were at home. We'll see what they can do on the road. They lost two games on the road before this two-game winning streak. But yeah, man, give me Charlotte. I have no reason to pick against them against Texas San Antonio. I'm like you, man. I'm always rooting for the Niners. I'm going to go with the Niners. Are you going to complete the triangle here? Um... You know what? Yep, I'll pick Charlotte just to be in good spirit because I told Walker last week they had a chance to beat FAU. He didn't want to believe me, but he believes me now. Give me the Niners on I the just, road. I just picked him. I picked him against FAU, right? Yeah, but I think we know you're going to pick him against anybody. So yeah, I don't true. know how much Did you pick him to beat him last week? I don't know. I hope Walker I picks that. the 49ers against everybody pretty it's much. True. So you know that, you know, he's always going to go with the green, baby. But when we come back, more coaching candidate talk for the Carolina Panthers. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
It's Weston Walker live from the Planet Kia studios. We did just get to see Flounder hop in the studio after he was out at Truist Field getting ready for the Queen City Outdoor Classic as the Charlotte Checkers play an outdoor hockey match. Match? Game? It'll be either one. That's going to be fun. Against the... Against the Rochester Americans tomorrow at 7 p.m. Um, I'm sorry. I was laughing at Wes because I don't think you heard me really when I was introing. But it's, uh, yeah, it is going to be fun. I do think it's going to be fun watching those two teams go at it. I don't know who's going to go out there, but you can text in 704-570-9610. One of the funny things, though, is Flounder walks in and says, hey, man, Shroppy going out there, being the goalie. He did a nice job at stopping a lot of those shots, and people were giving Shroppy some love for going in the net, doing a nice job saving, I think it was like what, just people kind of freelancing and taking some shots at Shroppy, being in the goal, whatever, and everybody was trying to give him love, and the first words out of Fiddy's mouth is, here's what I, I, I wrote it down, those shots didn't look hard to stop. Yeah. The first words out of Fiddy's mouth. Now, if you'll remember last week, Fiddy talked about how he could be what? I mean, you said a give figure a, skater. Yeah, he said right now he'd be good at skating. Like right now with no prep time. And if you give him a month, he could give you a good routine as a figure skater. He said it wasn't a sport. And he said he could give you a good routine as a figure skater if you give him a month. But even with zero time, zero prep, he could go out there and skate really well. And now he's hating on Troppy. Yet you had the chance to go out there. You didn't do it. Uh, Everybody said that you could go out there before you give us any excuses. Everybody, the higher-ups, everyone said, in fact, not only did they say you could, but we all wanted you to. And I know this because I heard them say it on the air at 10 a.m. We also talked about it yesterday, and yet you were nowhere to be found. Here you are, hate, hate, hating, as soon as they try to give Shroppy some love for what he did as a goalie. First off, if if my presence was as desired as they're making it out to be, mm-hmm. there would have been a formal request from the Knights to have me there. I never got an invitation. Okay, I, It was peer pressure from management to have me go out there because I said that ice skating and hockey isn't that hard. And I feel like if I were to go out there, I could ice skate, which is still factual. Like if I went out there today, I could ice skate and not oh, be a problem. Oh, you said figure skate. People oh, yeah. go out there to ice skate. You can skate around figure the ring. Skating, That's I said, ice skate. Give me a month. Let me get down a routine, like four to five minutes, and I and I I could do it. But uh, and look, I'll, I, I watched three shots of this like minute and a half video that we put up on WFNZ on Twitter. The first three shots, all three of us could stop. Maybe they got harder. Maybe they got more difficult. I don't know. But the first three shots. Yeah, it wasn't like it was all-star goaltending from Aaron Shroppy Shropshire. The hate, boy. You knew you knew it was coming. I knew as soon as Shroppy spoke glowingly of fl- Shroppy, I said, oh, that yeah. hate came with Flounder. I'm sorry. Oh, as soon as Flounder spoke glowingly of him, I knew the hate was coming. What was hilarious is Colin comes in, and he says, oh, man, you can't give the young guy some shine. Dude, and Fiddy lied and said, look, I said he did a good job. No, he didn't. He didn't yeah, say that Backhanded compliment. Shroppy's my protege. I've taken him under my wing. A lot of what he has learned in radio is because of me. So why would I hate on a guy that, like, I am his... I don't know. You tell me. You did. I'm not hating on him. I just said the first three shots I could have stopped. Nah, that's hate. That's How hate. is that oh, hate? That's hate that's all day. That's just an opinion. 
That I, I I figure with all with all the body gear that he has on, as much as the body gear blocks up the net, I feel like I could stop the first three shots that he stopped. <laughs> That's all I said. You know what's great about this is that we <laughs> even if we don't have the entirety of Truist Field to go do this on, we can still find a skating rink. Yes, we can. All of these things that Fitty says, we can put into action. Like it's, you know, somebody that was there, like Flounder. Was giving Shroppy a lot oh, of love. Oh, yeah, and Flan is a big hockey guy. Yeah, so his Flatt- assessment right. of is- the shots, like he was incredulous at Fiddy's comment. You mm-hmm. would think a guy that loves hockey so much would have played hockey. I wouldn't. Okay. Like, Shroppy loves <laughs> hockey, <laughs> plays hockey. Where y'all going to do that? Where y'all from? Well, I mean, like, dude, Shroppy grew up here and played 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 hockey here. Like, he grew up playing hockey. Flounder, a guy that grew up watching hockey on his father's lap, never once tried to go learn how to play the sport. Okay. I mean, at least the sports that I love, I, I tried to go learn how to play. Wait, are you – so, like, is this the – this feels like we're crossing over from joke territory to real point you're trying to make <laughs> with you playing church league and like one year of JV basketball, hey. which is totally fine, by the way, yeah. until you start to clown flounder for not playing the sport that he likes when you're trying to say you did and you played church league and one year of JV. I, I, did you play JV basketball? Yes. Or did you just play in middle school? No. Yeah. yeah I played JV ninth grade. What kind of point are you trying to make? Because I, I still at least played the sport that I love more than I – mean, at least I even attempted. Like, I tried. Just wasn't good enough. I'm not even hating on you for that. No, I feel like you are. No, I'm hating on you for hating on Flounder saying that he can't pull for a sport that he never tried to play. He yeah, can't no, be a fan like, of a sport. I feel like you cannot be a fan of a sport unless you tried to play it. So you tried to play tennis? Yes, actually I did. When? I would love to know when. Yeah. There, I'll do. There was a summer when I when I first got into it. <laughs> I need to know what age you were. I was 12, 13. I was, you know, into. So you played for a summer. Yeah, because like you know where where, where I went to high school, we had no we, we had we had no high school. Like there was no high school tennis. So like if oh, I was, but there was high, there was high school hockey though, right? For Flounder to sign up for. I mean, that's got, what I'm you, saying. Where y'all from? Who was playing hockey? There's an ice skating rink in Indian Trail. I would imagine they have and some you're damn sort sure of rugby team. We're gonna go team. see it to make sure that you can actually <laughs> skate, <laughs> since you know so much about it. We're absolutely gonna go over there and check it out. By the way, if you can't pull for a sport that you tried playing, I have never heard you once talk about you suiting up and putting on the pads to play some football. Or baseball. Oh, yeah, oh no, I did. Yeah, I played football as an eighth grader. I I remember him talking about that. I remember that. But what mm-hmm. about baseball? Yeah, played baseball up until up until high school. Yep. <laughs> it was high school when I learned that counts. That, that counts. Well, I mean, I just learned in high school in you know historic Lancaster, South Carolina. I wasn't good enough, and I learned that uh, I had to cr- take my passions elsewhere, and started riding. And wait, don't it. you like NASCAR too? I mean, there we go. Boom. We were trying to look for it. We yeah. were trying to find. We kept the one. fishing. We we're, kept we're going. trying to find the sport that he is a fan of. That he clearly never tried. And even if I don't exactly count like one year, two year, a summer of trying a sport. Now we got to the one sport where he hasn't done anything in the sport. And so are you going to drop your fandom of NASCAR because you never participated? 
I mean, my life my life would be probably better if I didn't watch 36 NASCAR races. So if that's what you're telling me I have to do. I'm not. I'll no, do it. No, we're no, just and saying, this is the important you know? distinction here. I am not saying this. Let's not get it twisted. This is important. It is you saying this. You are the one that is laying the rules or laying down the groundwork saying this is what you can and can't do. I am not tell I'm not legislating fandom as we'd like to say. I am not doing that. You are. And now we found out that you're a hypocrite. Which is not anything that I'm surprised by. Wow. <laughs> not at all. God. Not one bit. I'm, dude, I'm so glad it's Friday. I need 48 hours away from you. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio. 92. Somebody said 803 number said, I thought he drove like a jackass in the rain. That doesn't count. <laughs> that does. That's right. That's good old NASCAR. Yep. All you need to do is turn left and there you go. That's Fitty. Rubbage race. Yeah, there you go. Now, Fitty, that, yeah, I turn left in the rain. It's crazy out there. I go 70 miles per hour in a 55. <laughs> Pouring <laughs> rain. Yeah, seven. We got plenty of people writing in. He tries NASCAR every day, driving to work. That's why I believe we have this rejoin. Maybe we don't. I don't think we do. We did when we were going through the best moments of our one-year anniversary on Wes and Walker. When we tried to, I think people do remember that moment of Wes going off on crazy drivers in the rain, and then Fitty had to raise his hand high. You're yelling at me right now. That's what Fitty had to do. Struck a nerve. That, that, I didn't tell you this. So the other day I was leaving. I was leaving to go home. Wes was coming back to the station. I don't know if he was coming back from the gym or whatever, but it was Wednesday. He was coming back to cut up the the games for the AC Digital Network. And we're at the, the gate where you, you go in and I go out. As we rolled down our window to talk, he yelled something at me as I was driving. Go get your spectacles so you don't wreck. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I told you, I said go get you some uh, some corrective lenses. Yeah, corrective lenses. That's what I yelled out the window. Did you do it? No. Nope. Of course. Which means you're. It, it's honestly as dangerous as NASCAR. It I would is. Say. Yeah, with Fitty being out there. <laughs> I don't think the gap is that big. Driving in a haze. All right, let's transition to some Carolina Panthers conversation. The Panthers completed a few interviews. Joe Person tweeted it out. I believe the Panthers also reported it on their website, Panthers.com. They completed interviews with Ravens coordinators, offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, and their own defensive coordinator, Ajero Avero. Here's a question for you, Wes. Mm-hmm. Who do you think had the best year of those three coordinators? Was it Mike McDonald calling the defense for Baltimore? Todd Munkin laying the groundwork, I guess, for Lamar to win a second MVP, changing the offense as much as he did? Or is it Avero being one of the shining stars in a season that didn't have many, if any, outside of what Avero was able to do? Um. Oh, man, that's a good question. Thank you. Because... Obviously, there's tons of value in Lamar being on the precipice of a second MVP award. And so you look at that, and that's a great job. Even though some people had issues with the numbers that were put up, people thought that Lamar should have a little bit gaudier numbers uh, when you look at what he's done. But then I guess, too, in the same breath, you can look at it and say, well, Lamar's already won an MVP under a different offensive coordinator and had a more prolific season. So Rushing-wise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. not throwing, but... So I'm going to go uh, with the defense. And they had number one number one scoring defense. You're going Mike McDonald. I'm going Mike McDonald, yeah. Uh, with what he did with that defense, especially to, you know, the moments in the game against San Francisco. You know, how they came in there and the offense that was giving everybody the business. And I know everybody can have uh, a bad day, sure. And that's what I chalked a lot of it up to. But a lot of it was what the Ravens did. I mean, they 
were hip to everything San Francisco was trying to do uh, after the game settled in. And so I thought that they did a magnificent job. And so I'm going to go with Mike McDonald. I think I'm going to go Todd Munkin. I don't think there's a wrong answer, but I'm going to go with Todd Munkin just because of the vast difference in style. And I think with Todd, one, you probably have some context with him being successful at other stops in his career, whether it be in the NFL or college football. But also Lamar Jackson, the reason they get rid of Greg Roman is because they were tired of running the football constantly. And then they weren't ready for playoff football where you're going to have to throw it with a little more accuracy, which Lamar defenders yourself and myself included, honestly, like I think Lamar was always a better thrower than given credit for but they never had the weapons and then they never ran the style of offense that I think was allowing them to actually go out there and be effective as a passing offense, but they go get the weapons. Todd Munkin gets the most out of a Zay flowers. Well, remember you probably could have seen God your numbers if they didn't have as many drops as they did. So I like what they have out there on the perimeter. I love Mark and Andrews. He's, at worst, a top five tight end in the NFL, and you have Isaiah Likely. So the tight ends that they have are very good, but even still, they weren't great. Like, they weren't excellent. They did drop a lot of passes that kept them out of winning some football games, kept them from giving gaudier numbers, as you mentioned, to Lamar Jackson. And plus, you did have to deal with some injuries, man. Like, you talk about the running back injury room again, right? Like, last year, it's J.K. Dobbins, who is always injured. Gus Edwards is coming off of that ACL tear. This year, J.K. Dobbins is out very early on in the season. And even Mitchell out of ECU, the speedster, who was really coming on strong, he has a bad injury, so now you can't even use him. You have to go to a Justice Hill and still roll with Gus Edwards. Like, they battled some injuries even changing their philosophy. I really like Todd Munkin, man. Like, I really do. I The only thing that's scary is why is he not getting a job until now, which maybe not his fault. Maybe that's just kind of how it's worked out, and it's not because of anything that he lacks. It's just kind of how it's worked out in his career. But I would not be sad if Todd Munkin was the head coach. I probably would choose a couple of other candidates. But if Munkin was named that guy, I'd be thrilled because of what he did with Baltimore and other teams previously. No, that wouldn't be a bad fit either, like I said. And, I mean, you look at Lamar, he's a guy that doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. If you compare MVP years, he's got 24 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Passing in 2019 in that Greg Roman offense, he goes 36 to six in, in that MVP year. But I think, uh, but he's got more yards. He's got over 500 more yards than what he had uh, before. But I do like what Munkin was able to come in and do. And uh, this is an offense that lets Lamar do his thing. They still rely on that rush attack. But yeah, they've got the weapons on the outside to take some of that pressure off Lamar. And then when you add his legs uh, into the equation, that makes it even more dangerous. So I think any of these candidates, when you talk about the Baltimore guys, I think either one of them would be uh, a great fit. Mike McDonald, too, being the defensive coordinator, I, I think that would be one where I've leaned more towards an offensive mind for this team just because I like the way it pairs with Bryce. And I don't want that guy to leave because if it's a defensive mind, they hire a smart guy at offensive coordinator. That's great. That's really important. But then he might leave because he does such a good job. Theoretically in a good situation, he does such a nice job with Bryce young. And then that offensive coordinator is going to get promoted to a head coach. Possibly right. Like coordinators don't stick around very long. They just don't. If you stick around for what, four years, you're one of the longer tenured coordinators in the NFL at that point. And so that means at best you stick around four years. You're talking about somebody that is that's the as stable as you can get. 
I mean, even head coaches don't stick around all that long. Hell, we know here in Carolina, but at least we know if you're successful, then you're just going to hold on to the job that you have now. If you're successful as a coordinator, then you're going to move on and become a head coach somewhere else. And so that's why I like the stability. But if you do hire Mike McDonald, I'd still be happy because at the end of the day, you have a really smart mind there who has been very successful disguising packages defensively with great players, but I'm not going to hold that against them. You're doing a great job with the great players that you were given. So you did what exactly you were supposed to do. Yeah, man. And now we get into Avero where West Joe person says there's a decent shot that Avero stays on board as the defensive mind. I wonder if Avero being that guy that you want to hold over, if that also affects your decision, because all right, I like Mike McDonald. He's a great guy. He's done excellent work with Baltimore, but maybe I can keep Avero who did a great job too and then go get my offensive mind and have it both ways. I wonder how much Tepper is leaning that way. But then if you go get an offensive mind, you're still more than likely going to hire an offensive coordinator, and then you run into a Frank Reich, Thomas Brown situation where you're trying to figure out who's going to call the shots. Is it going to be a collaborative effort with everything that they do? Not if you let the head coach choose. Okay, yeah, that's all right. So then you're saying if the head coach decides that, or chooses the guy that he wants to be the OC, that's that's fine. Because that's what Frank Reich talked about. Or be a head coach offensive coordinator, which is pretty rare. If If you're the head coach and you call the plays, like you don't have an OC, you're the guy that calls the shots. Well, that's what, yeah, I think if you hire an offensive, that's probably what you're going to do, right? Like if you hire Ben Johnson, he's not CEO, he's calling plays. You hire Frank Smith, he's calling plays. Todd Munkin, he's calling plays. Because that's what happens with Mike McDaniel, that's what happens with Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Brian Dayball with the Giants. That's what you do when you hire one of those guys on that side of the ball. And the offensive coordinator helps them out. They come up with a game plan. They might design plays, but the head coach decides when to deploy it. And so if you have the head coach deciding who they want as their OC, then they're most likely going to be on the same page. It's exactly why we pick some of these guys that come off of the coaching tree, right? Like Bobby Slowick, Mike McDaniel, both Kyle Shanahan disciples. And they run a similar offense to what Shanahan did. And that's because they're on the same page. And so that's why I want the head coach making that decision instead of David Tepper forcing, like he did with Frank Reich, who the OC is going to be and not letting the head coach make that choice. Yeah, and so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do. But I do feel strongly that Evero uh, will be back because, like I said, I, I would think for a head coach, too, especially when you become that CEO type of guy, that you're going to have a lot of decisions to make. So to have that off your plate, I think, could be a relief, especially if you're an offensive guy. So um, it'll be interesting to see the philosophy. But it looks like offense is going to be the rule of the day when they – Pick their head coach. No, I, I do want to ask you that, though, before we move on. You would rather have a CEO instead of an OC, instead of a guy calling plays again? Like, you would rather have... I just think a head coach has so much on their plate. I would rather him be there to okay what's going on, like be a part of the plan during the week. Like, you come in and say, all right, coach, this is what I'm thinking we're going to do this week. They can go through the plays they like, what they don't like, and things of that nature. And maybe if a player's called in a inopportune situation, then you can overrule but, yeah, I, I think a head coach just has to oversee the entire football team and adding that to his plate as a primary responsibility, I think, can get to be a bit much. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, not a text at us, and he said we need to have a field day between Shroppy and Fitty. We do, and Shroppy has checked in on the text, man. Fitty and Shrop are going at it uh, right now, and I knew that Shroppy was not going to stand by for the for the hate. 
Can we read any of the text messages? Oh, yeah, we really? can. We can. You can't read. He just basically one. told Shroppy that he can. Yeah, what Fitty said, we probably can't read. But uh, he did say that they can get him out there with a stick and a puck and see how he does. And he even offered him his gear. I, I would love to see I'm him. here for it. I All would right. be out there Let filming. Fitty cook. <laughs> there, there he is. We brought him up twice. Not as a part of the show today. All right, let's move on. We have NFL playoff preview coming up and the picks. Maybe we finish some of the game day dubs with the Panthers twist edition. It's all coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Panthers not playing this weekend. We do have plenty of other, I guess, good football teams playing in wild card weekend. Oh, yeah, baby. It's getting real now. Fiddy was talking about how he doesn't feel the juice nearly as much this season, perhaps to previous NFL wild card weekends. I think we have great matchups all across the board. Yes. The only one that I don't feel great about is Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. I think that one's probably going to be a, I don't know about domination from Buffalo, but I expect the Bills. Buffalo chokes in the playoffs, man. You can't ever give them the benefit of the doubt recently. That's true. I, it's funny because I think the, the whole 13 second game, it like strips a lot of what Josh Allen did in order to make that a 13 second game. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like Josh Allen is certainly capable of turning it over three times and allowing Pittsburgh to stay in it. And I know Pittsburgh can run the ball really well this year. Buffalo, probably one of their weaknesses is stopping the run. There's a chance. I just think that's the game I'm least excited about. What's the game you're most excited about here, though, Wes? You're at San Francisco, Ooh. 49ers not in it? Yeah, Thank not you. in it. I don't have any stress That's uh, right. this week. I mean, you're right. There's so many good ones, so many great storylines. That's the thing, too, man. The NFL is king of the storylines. You got the rivalry, Packers and Cowboys. You got Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit and the whole jersey banning and his wife getting involved. The Eagles on the brink of elimination and disaster one year after a Super Bowl. Dolphins, Chiefs, you got bad weather. That's the main reason I'm in it for the Steelers and the Bills is because that weather is going to be crazy yeah. along with the Chiefs. But if I had to pick one matchup for the money to see how it's going to go, all the great matchups, I want to see what's going to happen to Philly. I can't wait for Monday night, man. I mean, the Philadelphia lose? Eagles are reeling. Yeah, give me the Buccaneers, man. I think, but I, I will say, I think Philly has a great shot in this one. If they were to get any of the other opponent, I think this is the best matchup for them just off the sheer fact that the Buccaneers are 9-8, and eight, but the Buccaneers are coming into this playing way better football than the Eagles are. They are reeling, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen in that matchup and what would the fallout be if they are, uh, if they don't get the job done. I think Green Bay 
uh, in Dallas. Uh, yeah, oh no, excuse me, not, it, it is a good one. I'm sorry, it's not actually the one I meant. I meant Detroit in yeah. L.A. Yeah, because you have the QBs going at yes. it. The guy that was traded for basically nothing, like the Rams, had to attach some picks onto the Jared Goff ac- uh, uh, acquisition in mm-hmm. order for Detroit to sign off on sending Matthew Stafford to the Rams, and yet Matthew Stafford goes to L.A. And Sean McVay and his new QB, they end up winning a Super Bowl together. And now here you are in a different era where you still have Stafford coming off of the injury that he suffered last year and looks phenomenal this entire season, by the way. And Aaron Donald still looks very good and maybe not elite, elite, like top three defensive player of all time good right now, but still among the best defensive tackles in the NFL. But you still have a bunch of new pieces like Puka Nakua has had a better year than Cooper Cup because Cooper's been injured so much. And even defensively, we talked about that pass rush starting to get after it. And then you go to the other side, Ben Johnson, great play caller. Jared Goff, if the offensive line can hold up, he can really pick you apart. Sam Laporta's really come on strong his rookie year. Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the better receivers, too. Lots of storylines there. I think that's the game I'm most excited about. I can't wait to see C.J. Stroud, too, man. Got him at home. Doesn't have to go play in inclement weather in Cleveland. So he's going to be able to have the opportunity to get a playoff victory. And, man, when you talk about Panthers fans, how much would that be a stick in their crawl if C.J. Stroud goes in and wins a playoff game against a pretty good Browns team? I mean, it's not like they're going up against. I know that Deshaun Watson's not playing, but we know what Joe Flacco's been doing. We know this is one of the best defenses, but Cleveland also has a lot of injuries coming into this game. They're going to be missing a lot of key pieces as well. So everything's set up for C.J. Stroud to continue on his superstar trajectory. All right, NASCAR Brad writes in on the text line. I want to hear from you guys. One up set and one potential blowout let's go well good news for you brad because we were going to give you an upset and maybe even a blowout if you want to add that on to it are you rolling with the buccaneers being your upset pick or are you going a different direction uh no i'm not going to go with that for one i think my blowout i give you my blowout first i think the lions are going to wreck the ram I'm oh just, you're not excited for that game i'm excited for the game oh, okay. but i just think the lions are going to wreck them i just think that these people in detroit have been waiting so long for this moment to be able to get back into the playoff once again, to be a real contender as well in the NFC, I think that place is going to be a madhouse. I think those players are going to be playing on cloud nine. Uh, I feel like it go one of two ways. Either they're going to come out and get stage fright or they're going to be ready to go and juice by that crowd. And I'm going to go with the latter. I think they're going to wreck the Rams when they come in there. Fiddy, did you want to give us a blowout or an upset that you see happening this weekend? Yeah, I'll take the upset. I'll take the same game that Wes is talking about. I think L.A. is primed for another deep playoff run. They can run the ball. Uh, I said L.A. was going to get wrecked. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying they're going to upset Detroit because I think they can run the ball. You got Matthew Stafford. You got Aaron Donald. And I believe in that first-time thing, and and Detroit's never been there before. They might get overwhelmed by the sheer energy and emotion that is in that stadium on Sunday night. Um, So I think the Rams are going to have the upset of the weekend. I think they got went to Detroit and advanced to the divisional round. All right, I got a surprising one for the upset. Okay. Everybody's rolling Kansas City. And you know I love me some Pat Mahomes. Well, 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 no, go ahead, Walker. Say what you're going to say. Go ahead. And say it proudly. Gonna say, are well, you just telling me to stop? I, Miami is like won one game in the last 16 years in 40 below weather. One. That's 40 true. below? Yeah. One. 
How many games has there I been? Thought 40 it was 10 degrees. I was yeah, I say, thought it was 10 degrees that they had. I, think, I thought they were over. When they're not in South Beach, they don't win. Yeah, I thought they were over in below 10 degrees. But keep going, Walker, so, before you are rudely interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason I think Miami is going to upset Kansas City. As much as I don't want it to happen, I like Miami, but I just love Pat Mahomes. I want that guy to have as many Super Bowls as possible so he can pass Tom Brady. Would love to see that happen. But Miami, good running team with some explosive runners back there. You have Devon Achan, who's healthy and ready to go. And you talk about Kansas City's defensive line. They're a better pass rushing unit than I think they are at run at stopping the run. And Miami has been good at running the football all year long. Raheem Mostert led the league in touchdowns this season for a reason. Yes. Because as soon as they get into the, the red zone, Raheem has been excellent at pounding that thing in. And also, he's one of the fastest NFL yeah, players. Yeah, he'll ring you to the pile. Yeah, he absolutely will. So is Achan. And so the fact that I think Mostert is coming back, too. Oh, yeah, and it's a homecoming. So it's a homecoming for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Even. So I, I think because Miami is actually good at running the football, and the screen game is going to help Kansas City. Pat Mahomes is excellent. But also Travis Kelsey, maybe not ri- relying on him Ooh, as much. Injuries is going to be good and cold. Rasheed Rice is hits. your rookie leading receiver. I like Miami in this one, man. It's going to be negative 27 degrees. What's your blowout, Walker? And I got to get my upset. Um, yeah, so you're saying that favors Kansas just because Miami is. Yes, because Miami, Miami doesn't go and win in cold weather. Like, okay. there's statistical evidence. No, that, that's, that that's very logical. That's very logical. I mean, I, I think. I can't go against that. I think it's fair enough, but I think this is a good running team. And if cold weather means running the football more, and if Miami is good at running the football, it's not just the high flying offense throwing downfield to Tyreek and Jalen Waddell. I think running the football is going to help Miami. The blowout, I'm trying to look for it. You know, I think Dallas and Green Bay actually could be a blowout for the Cowboys to win. Oh, mm-hmm. I was thinking, yeah, you think I just cursed you, oh, Max Isle? Yeah. Maybe I did. Um, I know Dallas can lay an egg. I totally get it. I just think Dak Prescott has been excellent this entire season. Yeah, he's had some bad performances here and there, but most QBs that were in the MVP race had a couple of bad performances here and there. Give me Dak Prescott throwing in the middle of the field, C.D. Lamb, continuing to be on the best wide receiver streak the last five weeks of the season that we've seen um, as compared to every other wide receiver that's currently playing. They can't run the ball very well, but man, they can throw it. And I really like what Dallas can do. Love what Jordan Love gave us this season. Really like his future for Green Bay. But I think the blowout, I'm going to roll with Dallas at home against Green Bay. That defense just is never very good, and you can never trust it. Yeah, give me the upset with the Dolphins and the Chiefs as well. I just think the Dolphins are sitting around all week, hearing about how cold it's going to be, hearing about how they haven't beaten anybody with a winning record except one team all season long, hearing about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And I just feel like the Chiefs have been winning with patchwork uh, schemes all year long. That offense is just not what it used to be. And I just think the Dolphins just mount up as a team and go in there with a us-against-the-world attitude with Tyreek Hill out there. You got to keep that box light. You talked about that running game. You got to keep that box light with Tyreek Hill out there. Kansas City knows this better than anybody. And so I just think that for whatever reason, with everybody feeling like the Chiefs are going to get this thing done in this weather, yeah. I just think the Dolphins are going to find a way to get it done. You want to blow out here? City, which one are you looking at this weekend, a blowout that you uh, think is going to happen? I think you're right, Walker. I think if Dallas wins, it's not close because they score 40 points per game at home and they average win, I think it was by like 19 at home in the regular season. So the stats. Here we go. The stats prove when they, <laughs> when they, when they win, they win big at home. Um, but now I'm just convinced they're going to lay an egg, which I'm not going to be too upset about. 
Because if they get beat, that means Mike McCarthy gets fired. Nah, you got to be upset if y'all lose, man. Y'all up there. To me, it's NFC Championship or bust. Oh, it is, but Championship I also, game, that is. I, I've said all year long that if they don't get there, Mike McCarthy's going to be the reason why. Nah, you why. said that. Yeah, you said that. And if they lose, he's getting fired. So it, I'm in a win-win situation no matter what. I do think, look, the, the, the weird good old radio conversation, I think this guy's on a mission type of conversation. I think that revolves around Dak. So do I. And I want it like I've finally gotten over him um, ending Romo's career. I, I told my dad a conspiracy theory that I think he paid the Cowboys offensive line to not block for Romo in the preseason <laughs> to get him hurt so he could become the quarterback. I've forgiven him. All is good. He's my guy. Let's go on a run for. I would. I think I love Dak Prescott. I do. So many people can't stand him. I. It's just because I think Dallas is in this weird territory where despite him playing for America's team, I know a lot of pressure goes on that QB, but his numbers are staggering when he plays a full season. He had the one outlier turnover year last year, which is not the way he usually plays. And everybody said he's this turnover worthy QB when it was literally the only season we've ever seen from him. And now this year he's in the MVP race. Shouldn't win it over Lamar. Lamar was crazy, but is a top five QB this year. I'm ready for him to run through the NFC. Maybe even San Francisco. No, I'm playing. San Francisco is clearly the favorite. Game by game. (laughs) Game by game, baby. That's all I'm on right now. All right, it's Wesson Walker with (laughs) one more hour to go. The Live Wire with Josh Goley Marlowe coming up next. Sports Radio (laughs) 92.7 WFNZ.